Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the MLS Fantasy Insider, our review of round 29 and preview of round 30. Home stretch, guys. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the fantastic Reddit community of r slash fantasy MLS and the official Dom Dwyer for U.S. Men's National Team Support Group. Uh, I'm your host, Reed Connolly, from MLS Fantasy Boss, a.k.a. Dashdar, on the Reddit forums. And I'm pleased to introduce uh, everyone who has stayed up so late to record this show with us tonight. Uh, we have Simon and Guy, the, the regulars here, and then a special guest co-host is uh, Skylar Redpath, a.k.a. at DraftKicks on Twitter. What's up, guys? What's going on, man? What's up? Happy to be here. Yeah. It's, oh, it's all like dinner time for me and Guy, but you guys are the ones staying up late. <laughs> East yeah. Coast represent. <laughs> so we're doing well, guys. Uh, so this previous round 29 double game week, kind of crazy. Uh, what were your general thoughts and impressions of, of this past round? Well, it went pretty well for me. I had the, uh, I don't know what, I had 118 points after a minus four, so 122. I forget what the round rank on that was, but it was pretty good. It was pretty good. So, yeah. Uh, who's what's his name? Drogba came through, and the geo cap was was good after the first game. That was not so good. So, <laughs> right, met a lot of people scratching their heads at that. Yeah, yeah, you know, <clears throat> if this was, <laughs> I, I was, I thought I was doing really well, and then I dropped a place. So <laughs> I don't know. It's just a grind at this point in the year. I mean, everybody's got a pretty decent budget, so. You're really looking for those sneaky little differentials, and I don't think I had enough of them this week. So, yeah, I had a decent week. Ended up with uh, 110 points. Had 114. Took a minus four hit. Um, of course, I had Giovinco captain, so that helped out. Um, little frustrating though, you know the the roster rotation this time of year. I think everybody can relate. It just yep. you can't predict some of this stuff and i think the front end of the dgw this past round i think the revs had uh both hall tierney mm -hmm. i think a couple other starters sitting out so i had hall in my back line which is probably a uh, mistake to begin with but he set out the front end of the dgw earned a point um in the second game so a little frustrated there but in general um decent week for me i think i actually dropped down to 16th overall I'm still within reach of top 10. Don't know if I can climb up to first, but kind of set my sights on that top 10. So that's what I'm shooting for down yeah. the stretch. Uh, I definitely got hit by that rotation. I had Tierney and Hall in my back line. I was hoping for some maybe some some crazy clean sheets there. But yes, the that rotation was definitely something that hit a lot of players. Uh, one of the big, big topics on the rant thread. On Reddit, I myself had 102 points, but I was on a minus four, so I finished with 98. Eh, pretty, pretty respectable. I feel with the average score being in the in the 60s, I did drop down a few points, so I'm at 106 now. But I was just in like 95 before, so pretty respectable. I think I'm I'm not too terribly disappointed. Uh, I was definitely worried about the geo cap after the first game, but super excited to see Quincy Americwa come through with with a goal right there uh, and a penalty earned. Can't can't hurt as well. Um, my biggest surprise from this round has to be New York City FC. Holy cow, where do they come from? I don't know. I don't, I don't think it happened. I think we just all imagined it together. 
We, we may have. We do have a question about it a little bit later on, so we can ponder our thoughts about that. But uh, big congrats to everyone who's been supporting New York City FC throughout the year. Four guys in the, the dream team right there. So a lot of things coming out of, of nowhere, at least in my mind, as far as fantasy goes for that. I thought the whole week was bizarre, man. You had the New York thing, which I don't think anyone <laughs> has ever. Have they kept a clean sheet at Yankee Stadium before? I don't think so. I don't think anyone saw that one coming. And then it was yes. we had all those road wins. The Red Bulls won on the road at Portland. Uh, my Sounders won on the road at Vancouver. And they weren't just like road wins. They were pretty like big blowouts. And I don't really see too many people uh, thought that was about to happen. So. And, of course, a lot of it this time of the year is – teams that still have chances to make it to the playoffs and the teams that are right there on the bubble. So some teams are going to be playing harder. Some teams are going to say, ah, screw it. And just try to salvage whatever fitness they have left. Yeah. Orlando city's right there in the mix too. I know that I know it was the Chicago fire that they beat, but they've been a little surprising the past couple of games and they're right there. Like you're saying, Reed, they're in the playoff mix for that last spot. Mm -hmm. So um, that was a bit of a surprise to me. I actually brought in a calm thinking he was due for a big game against Orlando. It didn't happen. Um, obviously, still going to hang on to him because they've got the DGW this week. Yeah. But um, that was a surprise for me. I, I really thought Chicago was going to kind of break out of their funk, but they didn't. And uh, now they're, they've got a new coach this weekend. <laughs> yeah, but they do have some injuries, which leads us well into our, our next housekeeping section here. Uh, Sean Johnson and uh, Eric Gehrig are both out for the rest of the season. So those are a couple of things you're going to want to keep in mind if you're looking at Chicago. Though I hope you're not really looking at Chicago on the defensive side. Um, they, they've had some strong points on, on their scoring end, but not not so much in the clean sheets department. Uh, of course, as we haven't mentioned yet, this is another double game week, and it starts at 8 o'clock tomorrow, September 23rd. So make sure you get all of your transfers done. The next week, we're back to normal, so we'll have plenty of time to recover and think about what happens. But be sure you get everything done before deadline this week, 8 o'clock, September 23rd. And then please continue to check the DISCO reports for the disciplinary committee's rulings. They have not come down the last time I checked. So look for those uh, early tomorrow afternoon so we can see who is on the yellow card accumulations and uh, just right there on the bubble since we do have that big double game week. Anything else you guys have noticed uh, to get everybody a heads up on before we move on? Um, I think the uh, Chicago injuries were listed as soul-crushing shame. So. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they just had to, like, screw it. I'm not even playing anymore. That's, that's, that's what I think. <laughs> also a possibility. Uh, well, we're going to move right into our questions right now. And uh, this first one comes from Midnight Sun, a leader. And he says, a uh, little bit off topic, but uh, when will the Timbers ever find the back of the net? Uh, good Lord, what the heck is going on in Stumptown? I'm afraid they won't even make the playoffs. That's rough. And I think we have the perfect person to kick us off with this one. I don't know if I'm the perfect person because I, I don't have anything good to say. Uh, okay, so we were talking about this before we started recording, but essentially what's going on is we have a merry-go-round up front. Uh, we don't know week to week if they're going to start a Rudy or Adi or Milano up front. And when you don't know who's going to start, nobody gets any chemistry. There's no rhythm going. Uh, we still have, you know, guys like Will Johnson and Jack Jewsberry starting. When we have much pacier and 
probably more skilled players like, uh, you know, Rodney Wallace and uh, Dirona Spria on the bench. It, it's it's like we're just throwing darts and there's no – I mean, obviously it's not working. So better off to go, in my opinion, stick with a lineup, let them get some run together uh, and see if that works. But we just keep flip-flopping and tossing them in and out every game. Uh, very rigid on the formation, only starting one forward up top at all times, even though you got three starting forwards. It's 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 horrible. It's just it's a it's a damn shame. I mean, so yeah, they probably they may not find the back of the net. I don't know. I'll throw my opinion in here. I don't. Maybe they'll find the back of the net this weekend, but not to be like a gloaty Sounders fan because honestly, it would mean much more to like beat Portland in the playoffs. But I think I said it three weeks ago that I thought the team that was missing out in the playoffs in the West out of the seven that are really up there is the Timbers because look at their schedule. They can't, they couldn't pull it together the last couple weeks, and now this week they've got Columbus away, which winning in Columbus, that's a gigantic ask. Then they got Kansas City at home. That's winnable. Then Salt Lake away, Galaxy away, and Rapids at home. They're going to have to play crazy good to make the playoffs with all of those difficult matchups. Um there's not really an easy game in there. The home games are easier, but the three road games are tough. So, I don't know. Fantasy-wise, I'd stay away. Well, and you look at what we do with Milano, and I've said this before, but he was like our all-time highest transfer uh, fee. I think it was like $5 million for Milano from Argentina. And <clears throat> we brought him along, and we just put him in half an hour every game for like a month. And then – you know, that didn't work, so we put him in there, and now we put him at winger when, yeah, he can play winger, but if you look at all of his YouTube clips out of Argentina, it was like those four-goal games, yeah, that was when he was playing up top by himself with some good delivery. It's it's just a, it's just a mess, and I don't I don't know what to do about it. Yeah, I just drink the- beer and, <laughs> and cry. <laughs> yeah, from a neutral standpoint, that's the frustrating thing for me is just seeing the – forward rotation like you never know who's going to be up top um and then when there is somebody up top there's never any consistency like for me i really think uh id is probably the best forward for the timbers and then i think uh you know both milano and arudi have their have some good characteristics in their own rights but it seems like they can all be used together in some form or fashion and it hasn't happened so it's kind of frustrating to see um you know, I guess kind of like Simon said, they've got a really tough uh, upcoming schedule. So it's going to be tough for them to make the playoffs. As far as them scoring goals, then, yeah, if they are, then it's going to be this coming weekend against the crew. Yeah, the crew have a garbage defense. It's going to have to be a shootout. You're going to just have to accept the fact that Columbus is going to score on you, but you have to score more goals than they do. And right now I don't know how we plan on doing that because – Nobody – I mean, it's it's like there's a force field or something in front of the net. They just – nothing is happening. I don't know. It's it's very frustrating. But since we're talking about all of these uh, upcoming home games and some potential things, we can move on to our next question from DSB Coco, who is wanting to know if we keep any of the Red Bull or San Jose players uh, because they have a pair of home games that are coming up. Yeah, I'd probably if I was going to keep anybody from those two teams, I'd probably lean towards the Red Bulls. Um, San Jose, it seems like has 
the tougher schedule of the two. I think they're playing RSL at home this weekend, maybe while New York is at home to Orlando. Mm-hmm. Um, New York just looked fantastic over the weekend. Sorry, guy. No, uh, they did. <laughs> but uh, they're playing great right now. I'd say if anybody, then I'd probably be looking at maybe hanging on to those guys. And if you're looking to free up some room for some DGW players, maybe um, consider letting go of a, a, a San Jose player or two. Yeah, the games that are being talked about right now, New York is playing Orlando at home this round and then Columbus at home in 31, and San Jose has uh, RSL at home this round and Vancouver away in th- or at home in 31. Yeah, it seems like San Jose gets up for the big teams, though. Every you know, time they kind of do. Every time a team goes into San Jose, you're like, yeah, they don't have a chance. That's the game they win, and then they play some nobody team and you're like what are you doing like just play like you did against the galaxy and you'll be fine <laughs> but they don't because they have little man syndrome so uh i don't know i'm i'm probably gonna keep question because that dude's money yep uh, bradley wright phillips is awfully expensive and what did he get like four points this week yeah yeah he yeah. wasn't really i mean <clears throat> it's credit to new york like they really have some great synergy out of their midfield so they don't really need him to be the man all the time. So, um, and I may keep Ameriquois, you know, he's cheap. Yeah. It's the one Quakes player that I'm still on the fence about. Quincy. Yep. I, you know, I like Quincy. He's, uh, he, he's able to get everything. I don't see as many assists coming from Wando, but Quincy has, has that ability to get assists and goals and like, like BWP, it's it's someone you have to be mindful of, especially now that he's had some success. Like with New York, that's that's an advantage that Bradley Wright Phillips has for New York that we don't see on the fancy side. Is I guess it's that that Keen syndrome is okay. You have to respect what this guy can do, so we have to make him an issue which can help other people like Grella. And I think that's been happening for Quincy down in San Jose. Is people can't just say, oh, he's that guy from New York who could, from Chicago who couldn't score, and all of a sudden he's just racking up assists and racking up goals. And so it's like, huh? Well, we got to make sure we at least consider him in the issue now. And he's, he's just happy not to be in Chicago. That's where all this play is coming from. <laughs> you know, we talked about it last week. He's he's happy to have a coach that says, I want you for what you offer, and I'm going to let you do your thing. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't keep the San Jose players regardless, though. Like, if you're going to keep anyone from San Jose, you keep the defense because they've been better there. But even that, now that Bernardez is gone, their, you know, their defensive record without Bernardez has been not so good is maybe the way to phrase that but it's not like they're putting up powerhouse offensive performances and you just look and it's kind of scary from a fantasy perspective to me because if you look at their results in the last you know month or whatever what's it been they lost 3-2 at New York so they scored two there but they let three goals in tie 1-1 tie 1-1 lost 1-2 like they're not putting up a ton of goals and they're not keeping clean sheets. So where where is the fantasy value there is kind of my picture. Um, I think it's kind of time to get off the San Jose train, and I'll probably be dumping Salinas and Wanda this week. So, Yep, yep. same here. Pretty solid. Our next question comes from PDX Soccer Dad, who says, uh, overall to me, it looks like there are a number of single games that are more exciting 
than the players available on double game weeks. Thoughts beyond Dragwa or, or anyone? Do we have some must-haves that we might pull from the single game week players? Um, so for is this must-haves for single game week players or must-haves for doubles? Uh, um, let's let's not focus too much on the on the must-haves. Let's just. What do you guys think about the single game oh, okay. week matches that are that are up for this round? So the single game week matches that I like, I love uh, Toronto at home to Chicago. You always kind of wonder about that because with a new coach, sometimes there's that like new coach bump that most teams get because they try to play really hard to impress the new coach. And if you like <laughs> look fresh at new coach smell, yeah, like if you look <laughs> at the data, like in the first couple games with a team with a new coach they tend to play really well and so that might be a little bit of a trap game for toronto but chicago's so much of a dumpster fire that like (laughs) i don't know even a new coach bump they're still probably roadkill uh new york at home to orlando city we all know how orlando's defense tends to go and then i think those are the most enticing ones personally um maybe new england at home to philadelphia just because you yeah. have to think that Philadelphia rests like all of their starters, given that what they've got to play for is the Open Cup, and that'll be the Wednesday after this game week. But those are those are the pretty exciting ones to me. Um, oh, and one more Whitecaps at home against New York City because the Whitecaps got trounced last week, and I feel like they're a team that tends to respond well to those those kinds of losses. And New York City's road defense has been. Well, their defense in general has been kind of garbage. What am I talking about? Uh, but yeah, so I think I think you'd be you'd be well served by taking some single game week players. But you know me and my my doubles. I like having the opportunity for more points, generally rather than betting on a single game. So yeah, I think you covered it, Simon. I love all those matchups, especially Toronto, Chicago. Um, you are right, though. There's there is that uh, new coach. Uh, Feel, I guess to a new te- to a team once they have that midseason rotation, and it's almost. I mean, it's kind of like they're just they're players that are fighting for their jobs at this time of year. They're not really <laughs> playing for a playoff spot, so you're going to get a little bit of an extra effort from them. But at the same time, Toronto's in the, right in the mix for playoffs. Giovinco's just as hot as he's been all season, so I don't see him slowing down, especially in down the stretch here, he's fighting for the Golden Boot and the league MVP. So he's the type of player that's going to take the team and put him put it on his back. And uh, he is in the in the question in the consideration for my captain this week for sure. Um, like the other matches, New York at home against Orlando, Vancouver at home against New York City. One other one that I might throw in there is the Galaxy, maybe a bounce back game at home against FC Dallas, big game in the West. Um, could see them, you know, I could see a Bruce Arena-led team bounce back after taking a beating like they did against Salt Lake. So, um, yeah, about does it for me in the single game week players. Yeah, I don't have much to add. I, I'm just – I have uh, Juvinko and uh, Lee Wynn on my team, and I, I don't think I'm going to get rid of either of them. I think I'll keep Wynn, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he's pretty solid. Yeah, me too. I, I think that uh, you nail it, PDX, with with this. I, I say it, I've said it before in past episodes, and I don't know why I didn't stick with it some <laughs> more than I have, but the double game weeks have burnt a lot of people this season. Uh, I don't know if you guys agree, but it, is, it just feels like this season there's been a lot more resting 
and just a lot more just unexpected roster shakeups than than in the past few seasons and and just a lot of a lot of hurt the sport in Kansas City and some of the Montreal Montreal players are really the only ones that I'd even consider adding on from my from my double game week coverage and just maybe two or three total at that. I think the single game weeks are where it's going to be this round. Yeah, what is this though? This is the worst scheduled league year that I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, it really the, the, the way bad. they congested the schedule for certain teams is just it's mind blowing. Like I don't know what we expected that these guys aren't machines, but you just can't continually play three games in seven days as a professional team. Uh, it's, it's been pretty ridiculous. So one and thing we'll have to give some sympathy to like Toronto and Montreal who had the crazy stadium situation and then the, the great run in the CCL. So, I mean, that's understandable, but oh, yeah. others. One thing I'm excited to do uh, at the end of the season though, is go back and I was thinking maybe I'd ask Jason J. Wu if we can run through the stats and actually come up with some sort of analysis of like, how double game weeks impacted player scores because I think that's one thing that we haven't really seen with uh, the community too much is um, like actual stats on how that how that affects things. So maybe we can run through that and figure that out. Yeah, it's a great idea. So our next question comes from Russman10987. And it kind of piggybacks where I was talking about Sporty Kansas City before. He says, should we be hesitant to pick up Sporty Kansas City double game week players in case Vermees decides to rest against uh, rest players against the Sounders in preparation for the Open Cup final? And I'm going to say yes. As a matter of fact, I have uh, Fail Haber on my team. And I may drop him just because... Uh, it, it is the cup final, and that may be the only piece of hardware either of those teams have a chance to get this year. Uh, plus, Vail Haber's on a yellow card, so he might not play the second game anyway. Um, I'm I'm going to be really sparse with SKC. In fact, Ellis might be my only guy just because he's kind of nailed on and he does what he does, so. And we're going to touch on this later, but I also want to mention that there is some concern about uh, goalkeeper on Sporting Kansas City. So if you've been thinking about the clean sheets, that might be a question as well. Ooh, so this is a difficult one for me because I agree with Guy mostly, but at the same time, what do we look at when we see Vermees and his philosophy with rotating players? I feel like I, I could be wrong, but I feel like Vermees' philosophy is run them into the ground. <laughs> um, that said, yeah, you'd have a hard time thinking that players are really going to be able to get up for the Seattle game when they've got a cup final. Um, I wouldn't expect big production. The only person I'll have is Failhaber, and uh, even that, I'm not expecting too much from him, even though he's pretty consistent. But like Guy said, he's on, what, yellow card warning? So... Yeah. Oh, and then I did some extra research. It's going to be 94 degrees in Houston tomorrow at kickoff. Oh, that is brutal. I know, right? <laughs> How many degrees I is it in Kansas sweat. City? Dang, I was but thinking you know, about he, going he out. It was there a big for issue game. for Namath before. Whenever they were playing, I forget where. Might I forget where? But uh, that was something that really sapped him. So yeah, something else to consider. Okay. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going to drop Failover. I think I've just talked myself into it. It sounds <laughs> crazy, but with the money he frees up, I mean, I think. You know, there's some better players out there that would play both games. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't, and with defense also, like, we saw how Seattle tore up Vancouver. I, you know, am obviously biased being a Sounders fan, but 
I don't trust Kansas City to keep a clean sheet in either of these games. Um, maybe in the 94-degree game just in Houston, just because people are like too tired to run on either team. But I don't know. Scary proposition to me. Yeah, it's a tough call for me. If I'm uh, if I've got sporting Kansas City guys on my roster right now, I'm probably not going to drop them leading into a DGW. Um, Phil Haber, I don't blame you guys, especially freeing up that kind of salary um, and being on a yellow card, as he said. But just uh, I don't know. Like Simon said earlier, I just I want to have as much potential firepower on my roster as possible. So in the case that they do play both games. Uh, I would be kicking myself if I ended up cutting them and Bale Haber went off. Um, I saw, I think I saw an article today or yesterday on MLSsoccer.com basically saying Vermees is not going to rest his players in lieu of the Open Cup, which, you know, take that for what it's worth. But they are right there on the bubble. I think they're maybe second to last in the East or something like that as far as making it into the playoffs. So I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, if they went up against Seattle, who I think is right there on their heels. I wouldn't be surprised if they put out a full strength roster. So yeah, the Sounders are. Sporting is in the West now, though. Yeah, Sporting's in the West, and the Sounders are a few points uh, above. Sporting is three points over Portland right now. Uh, They still have that number five spot for for West Conference. So yeah, no, you were right. They're second to last with spots for the playoffs. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Um, That's good to know. Yeah, I wouldn't drop Fail Haber. I think that's interesting. I think I'm going to be bold, though. I, I really think, man, when it's hot outside and you got to run and it's 90 minutes, I think he kicks somebody. I think he just kicks somebody and he's like, <laughs> I don't want to play next game. This is crap. I think he trips somebody. He's like, oh, yellow card. Sorry, coach. And then he gets that, he gets that rest. Oh, sorry, coach. Oh, sorry, fantasy managers. My bad. So yeah. what if they uh, what if they uh, rest players tomorrow or on the front end of the DGW against Houston. Yeah. And then come out strong again at home against Seattle. I don't know. Just a thought. Something that we'll be able to at least see the lineups before they come out. So we'll I know. could I could totally see that happening is the funny thing. So it's <laughs> <laughs> maybe easier to drop them if that's what happens. So it's a coin flip. It's a coin flip right now. Uh, so this next question comes from uh, Rezo FC 13 and I've done some research on it in case you guys uh, aren't quite sure of this answer, but he says, uh, wondering what's the deal if uh, if the playoffs for head-to-head, for the playoffs for head-to-head, pretty sure it's coming up soon, but wondering when it would start. Just looking for some info, thanks. Uh, so I, don't, I did, like I said, I did some research on this guy. So if you guys don't know, instead, if you would just like to touch on your thoughts of the playoff system for the fantasy game this year. Do you think it's added anything removing that uh, addition of not having a, a cup element, or do you think it's just something that's uh, been missed? Yeah. So I, um, when I saw the question, I immediately ran to the rules to check and the rules are a little bit vague. I saw a little blip in there that said optionally a head to head league may end with a knockout stage where the league winner is decided by a final match in the last round. So I really didn't know what to draw from that. I don't think there's going to be a playoffs this season. Reed, correct me if I'm wrong. That's how I interpret it. Um, But, yeah, I I always like a little playoff action at the end of the season just to make things more interesting. So a little disappointing. Um, But 
for me, it's not uh, not going to make or break the season. It's definitely makes things a little bit more fun. Wait, yeah, I think I think the guys are confusing though. Um, so the league uh, fantasy cup was one thing, and then I have a work league, and every year I set it up. We've now gone when you set up a league as a head-to-head league, uh, you can make it two rounds of knockout or one round of knockout for just a final game. So on that last week of the year, the rest of my work league will still play for the overall score, but me and one other guy will be playing a knockout round game as the only head-to-head matchup in the league that week. So it just depends on whoever your commissioner is for that one league that you're in. You have to you have to ask them when the when the knockout round starts because yeah. it's it's the commission that sets it up. So Reed, it looks like in our head to head fantasy hosts league, we have it cuts to the top eight, which is I think everyone in the league, and so the playoffs start in round <laughs> thirty two. So thirty two, thirty three, thirty four, playoffs. It's uh the, the maximum is a four game. Uh, knockout and so a four week knockout so game week 31 as guy was saying depending on how your head-to-head manager set that up is when the knockouts would start Uh, and so that's when it would go it does do uh, i didn't know how it worked so thank you for explaining that guy because i haven't really paid attention to a lot of the head-to-heads before that it would still so just narrows it down to those players individually and if you're looking at the rules like skylar was saying to, to see it does tell you how tiebreakers are handled and unfortunately if you go down far enough it's just the sided with a digital coin flip so you got a 50 50 shot if those tiebreakers come up the old trusty uh, but yeah. digital coin flip <laughs> exactly you know i also agree that i i I kind of miss the, the fantasy league tournament that, that we talked about before, but I never really paid much attention to it. It was almost like a forced head to head game that it's like, well, do I all of a sudden decide to start planning for this moving forward? Or do I want to just keep trying to go for overall points? So uh, I can see why it never really caught on because even for myself, it's, it's never something that I paid a lot of attention to. So our last question is just a general one that I wanted everyone to to talk about and just think about before moving on. And uh, after the performance of New York City FC, uh, what should we take away from those games last week for this coming round? Are are any of these players more valuable or back in our picture for who are we going to who are going to draft? Especially, it's nice to see some of their big guns coming alive, or is it just business as usual with them? I mean, I don't really think that they're viable, to be honest. The team is... Congratulations. They had a couple of decent performances. I mean, the the midweek win against Toronto was nice, but San Jose, after, you know, they've already played a game and they're traveling to the East Coast. <laughs> I don't know. It's like a little bit, like, maybe over-glorifying it. Um you never know when they're going to get injured, and their schedule is just absolutely brutal. Whitecaps away this week. DC United away in round 31. Buy in 32, of course, when I think there's a free wild card. Away to Orlando City, and then home to New England. I mean, I just think you've got better options. I don't think it's like terrible to pick them up. It's just, you know, why bother? There's better chance, better ideas, better options. No Ned Grabavoy for you, Simon? Oh, Ned Grabavoy, like, (laughs) he makes me want to put him on my fantasy team 100% of the time. (laughs) Why why would I ever not have Ned Grabavoy? What a boss. 
Oh man, yeah, that was a surprise for me. He's uh, he seems to pop up like that every now and then. When you kind of forget about him, then he'll pop up with a game like that. But uh, yeah, for me, I'm I'm probably staying away from them until after the wild card. Then I might consider New York City again. But yeah, their upcoming matches next couple of rounds. I'm not feeling it, so I'm staying away as well. Yeah, I, I don't. <clears throat> New York City to me is the exact same as Toronto. I mean, Toronto, the only person you're going to consider is Javinko. And in New York, if Via is starting and he's healthy, you take Via. I mean, Via by himself can take over a game, but you would never pick up a Toronto defender or goalkeeper because they're equally as garbage as New York is. So, I mean, <laughs> you know, Poku's there, you know, he's their midfielder who's not going to get any play because of politics of the team. Yeah, Lampard got a goal, but uh, – you can't you can't count on him to get up for that every game. So if Via's healthy, yeah, Via's he's proven himself to be one of the top five forwards in the fantasy, you know, or in the league in general. So just Via if he's if he's around. And of course, this this performance by them this week is also a bit of a mixed bag because the first game we didn't have Via, and so that sort of gave some credit to things that we had talked about before. Uh, they just have too many big name people in the lineup that that really can't mesh well with each other but then he was back in it again with san jose where they scored more points so it's just they're just an odd duck of a team that i don't like fantasy wise because i just can't figure out what's going on and i don't know if they can either so that wraps up everything that we have for our regular questions we're going to move on to our focus discussion topic this round and it's something that's been brought up a lot on the r slash uh, fantasy mlf's boards with uh, a surprising level of passion I, I feel from from my viewings on it and it's all about DraftKings. and so we have uh, skylar here who's who's our DraftKings expert so far and so the specific question comes from midnight sun a leader and feel free everyone to expand the general daily fantasy or DraftKings or, or or gambling talk that you'd want to but he says uh in, in your opinion, Skyler, is uh, the fantasy MLS soccer game suffering at the expense of DraftKings? There seems to be fewer fantasy MLS articles and slower fantasy MLS player updates now that DraftKings is taking over MLS and TV in general. <laughs> well, TV in general, uh, definitely with you there. It's everywhere. Um, even a fan of DraftKings as I am, I'm a little bit sick of uh, seeing DraftKings splattered everywhere myself, but I actually do enjoy playing um, on DraftKings. I enjoy the games they offer. Um, as far as the season-long game suffering, I really don't feel like it is, honestly. Um, I feel like at the point that Major League Soccer made uh, announced their partnership with DraftKings so late in the season, I think it was to the point where they probably recognize there are only a certain number of players still playing the game at that point. Um, so I could see where they may have wanted to shift their focus to something new and something fresh that might get um, more fans interested in playing the game. Um, somebody that might have, for instance, had a uh, bad run midway through the season, just given up on their season long team and uh, wanted something new, wanted to, uh, you know, give them another chance to kind of start over, which with DraftKings, of course, that's every weekend or every match day. Um, but yeah, I get it from, uh, you know, from the casual season long player, like 
even the competitive players that love the game, which myself included in, in that, I'd say. Um, I've been playing the game for years. So, um, at you know, Monday morning, I'm usually scouring the site for an article, trying to go ahead and get a jump on my season-long team and see how uh, see where I can improve. And yeah, I mean, I, the article content hasn't been there, but I think that the content is still there in general. It's just a matter of finding it. And obviously, uh, you're in the right spot. Um, not sure who asked that question, but you're in the right spot on the Reddit forums, MLSFantasyBoss.com, of course. Like the info and the content's going to be there. And there's always going to be uh, guys like Reed, Guy, Simon, Travis. Um, so I think if you really want to uh, dig into the season-long game, I think that you can still find the info that you need. Uh, might not be straight from MLSsoccer.com, but I think uh, I think you're in the right spot. Yeah, and every other league that has partnered up with uh, DraftKings, and I, I play DraftKings almost exclusively now for NASCAR because I think I'm like the only Mexican in the Northwest that just loves NASCAR. Uh, but, you know, NASCAR still has their regular fantasy that I play every weekend, and then I play the DraftKings version too. And the thing with the MLS, though, is MLS, the way that they do their schedule, it really is more feasible in a DraftKings-type format because there isn't double game weeks and bye weeks, and it's just a one-snapshot view of who's playing that week don't worry about who is and who isn't, you know, in the rotation. That I can appreciate. I don't – all we're worried about is if MLSsoccer.com is going to bring back the regular game because every other league in the world has done that. They they contract to DraftKings, but they still offer a year-long game. And yeah. what we're really upset about is we don't know if MLSsoccer.com is going to bring back the regular game if we have to go to Yahoo or something else to play. <laughs> yeah. Right, I can't speak for the league – Sorry, Simon. I, I was just going to chime in there. I can't really speak for the league, but I'd, I personally would be surprised if they did not bring it back just because it is so popular. Yeah, I mean, I was going to say it's good that Skyler has some, I don't know, hopefully more knowledge than I have, but I don't see why they would get rid of the normal, the normal year-long game, if only because I have to, and just from a business perspective, and, you know, I haven't seen the MLS – the MLS books, but I can't believe that this this normal game is costing them that much money um, to run. And basically, you take all the marketing you can get. And if anything, I would think that DraftKings would probably add to it. Um, you know, maybe more people get hooked into fantasy MLS because they already play DraftKings for like NFL or something like that. And they say they can, they can play DraftKings for MLS. And so they do that, and then they actually watch an MLS game. So I think in the end, it's probably beneficial ultimately, but then we get into all sorts of gripes that I have with the way the fantasy game is done in general and just how many dead teams there are. And well, maybe Skylar, you say, you know, it, it's relatively popular. Well, I mean, there's like 30,000 total players and I don't know how many of them are active, but I mean, it's a very niche yeah. thing and we can see just overall, you know, 30, 31,000 total players is like an absolutely and that's, and that's abysmal what, amount. What's frustrating is they don't they don't grow their own brand in that sense where if you look at the EPL game, I mean, there's like 3.5 million now, and it seems like every year MLS stalls out at around 30,000. And, you know, at the beginning of the year, there's some, there's some fantasy videos that they do. There's a lot of promotion, a lot of hype on Twitter, and then it just like – 
one day they were like, okay, we're going to stop tweeting about fantasy MLS. <laughs> and they just did. They just stopped tweeting about fantasy MLS. And then all of a sudden it was like, oh, here's some DraftKings prices, which didn't bother me because I, you know, I don't, I write my own articles. So <laughs> oh, and I, I mean, don't need to read anybody <laughs> else's. So I, what are I, they? Just a casual guy looking for information. It's like, I don't want the, you know, all this bombardment with DraftKings. Why did you guys just keep promoting the regular game at the same time? And even now, it's like, why can't the guy who's doing the DraftKings prices also say, and by the way, he costs this much in the FMLS game owned by this percentage of people. He's a good deal for this weekend for a differential. It's like they're still not doing that second step of, yes, promoting DraftKings, but also promoting their own game with that same player, you know? And I, I don't know if we necessarily – so I know they're two different games. Um, I don't know if it's necessarily exclusive as far as the advice goes. Sure, you have to read a little bit more and process a little bit more because there are different ways that points are calculated. But if someone's doing well – then you could probably say, well, maybe he's also going to do well in the FMLS game. So I, uh, I think if you really look into it, that some of the advice could be applicable to both sides. Uh, that being said, I, I worry that, that it might not really help grow the league as much as I think the FMLS game does, just the season long, hoping to maybe get you involved in watching a game more often. Maybe you can get that with the draft league going to pop in and, and catch the game that that uh, you have a player from. If you're lucky enough to have the the stations on your package that that will get you there, uh, but I don't. I really don't know. Uh, I, I don't know how that works. People can easily lose lose interest in a, a season long thing as well. But I think it makes sense what they're doing to try to expand with DraftKings, which is very popular. Definitely going to get more visibility in the market with all the TV that we're seeing and with the ads you'll see online. I feel like most of the negative reaction from people has really come with, like you mentioned, Guy, just sort of the just the quick shift away. Just like it wasn't there one day, then it was all of a sudden, and then that's this big focus. And, and I think it's just a natural hesitation from something being new and something changing and something different. And maybe a little fear because there are some passionate people about this game who really enjoy playing it. I think all of us are included there. But uh, we really don't know right now. I, I think... I don't think they would just get away, get get rid of it overnight. Like I think we all agree that there's still some value here. And what I hope happens personally is maybe some more radical changes come with the FMLS game. Maybe people will be more willing to just try some new stuff, add some new elements. I mean, they have the, the chips that are in the fantasy premier league game now. So maybe we'll do something like that, or maybe we'll have more wild cards and maybe we'll make a fantasy game that's based on quarters of seasons instead of entire seasons long to let people just have total resets every now and then to sort of cater to a, a slightly more casual or just a bit more friendly game to be like, okay, first part didn't go so well. Let's have a reset and do it again. Who knows? I think there's some potential for growth. Totally agree. Mm -hmm. Yeah, though this will be a great topic to address again after all of this season is over. So in about five or six weeks, maybe we'll come back, talk not necessarily about DraftKings, but just talk about the state of fantasy. See if Andrew Weeby will join us again, or or maybe uh, Ben Bear or someone from from MLS. They might come on just to to chat a little bit and, and hear what people think, but. Uh, DraftKings is going to be here for a while. I haven't made an account yet. It looks interesting, so I will definitely plan on on checking it out. It's a lot of fun. The end of this season. Yo, yeah, yeah. DraftKings. I get the appeal. 
I get the appeal. Here's my appeal. DraftKings, yo, use some of your like large amount of money that you have to <laughs> lobby the Washington <laughs> State legislature to change its gambling <laughs> laws so that I can play your game. Urgh. Yeah. Just got to right. convince them that it's a game of skill. Man, freaking Washington State law legislature. Legalize <laughs> my gambling, please. I mean, games of skill. Yeah. Travis. <laughs> Yeah, you had like the, the most neutral opinion on all of us since you're just like, whatever, I can't play this. Yeah, it's my opinion is just sadness. So so that's enough sadness and enough talk about the, the future that might be for Fantasy MLS. But we're going to focus back on the future that is the upcoming game week tomorrow. So we're going to jump right into our player picks right now. And we're going to kick it off with uh, keepers and defenders. So Simon, who are you looking at? Well, I'm going to have Bingham because that's who I have, and I don't like spending money, or I mean spending point hits to change goalkeepers. Uh, already got Toya because he's a Montreal, what the Montreal defender who seems to play m- most of the time. I think you probably Montreal defenders are your best bet double game week-wise. Um, then Houston defenders, but I wouldn't really pick them up. So, yeah, otherwise I'm just going with my, my cheap guys in the back. Burling, Fisher, whoever else. I got a bunch of cheap guys. Defense sucks. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm uh, really hesitant on Melia this week. I just, I'm definitely going to wait and see, um, kind of how the lineups play out once uh, once the first batch of starting lineups drop. If he's in, then he's in my lineup right now. So going to be tough. I mean, they've got Sporting Kansas City's probably got the toughest, I'd say maybe the toughest out of all four DGW teams. They've got the toughest matchup. Um, and like we talked about earlier, they could potentially uh, rest their starters on one end of the DGW. So that's a tough call for me. Um, I do like Evan Bush, but he's a little expensive. Um, don't blame you, Simon, for going with Bingham. But, yeah, I'd probably want to try to get a DGW guy in my lineup. So, for me right now, it's between Melia and and uh, Bush. Um, defenders, I've got Toya still in the mix. Super cheap and kind of reliable lately. So, no reason to uh, give him the axe right now. Um, anybody else? Let's see. Let's see who I've got in. Yeah, um, I don't know. I think I may swap out Malia to get uh, Tyler Derrick just because it's going to be some slow-paced games. But I don't know. I haven't really decided. I'm going to wait and see what the lineups say. Fair enough, fair enough. Uh, yes, the the last little bit about uh, Melia that I'll go ahead and add is I think originally he had like a calf strain was a problem, and now I think on the MLS side it's been upgraded to a hamstring injury. Uh, it was first considered minor, but we've seen him miss two games now. The last thing I heard, I think it, uh, I forget what website I, I found it on, the last thing I heard was that he was going to be a game day decision. So it's really going to come down to Melia to have that uh, – either save up that transfer or take a minus four. If you're going to take a minus four, I I lean towards Bush just because it's a double game week. You might be able to get something out of him there. Uh, But I I would be 
prepared to take a minus four on your keeper if uh, he if Melia is your only guy to go to this round. Yeah, yeah. The, the last time Chicago went to Montreal, Drago got a hat trick, but Chicago still <laughs> put three on him. That's so true. It wasn't like you know Bush did anybody any favors. Don't they missing Simon during that game though? Um, they they weren't at they weren't at uh, they, well, they weren't at 100% defense. Weren't they kind of a, a, a shadow of a team during during that game with some injuries and some, some red card things? Or uh, I didn't think that was Toronto's A game, though. Yeah, I could see Montreal pull it together, too, down the stretch. They've got so many games in hand. Like, I just – I think that everything's kind of uh, – right now, so I, I don't know. I mean, yeah, they, they're a little shaky in the back at times, but I could see them make a nice little run here and uh, – Kind of lock it down. Excellent. Some good choices there. Uh, budget backline seems to be the agreement for everybody that we'd go with. Question mark. Yeah. 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 Budget backline. It's, it's it's held out well for the most of the year. Uh, moving on to midfielders, we actually have a question here first. Uh, Anthony Nice is wondering about uh, who, in general, um, because of some of these double game week matchups or promising single game week matchups. Uh, would we consider dropping Benny for if we were considering dropping Benny? And I think, Guy, you were leading that that charge in and dropping Benny. So who, before you give us your midfielder picks, who's the one person you would replace uh, Benny with? Uh, out of that, out of that four, uh, anybody. Know. He gave a list, but you can pick anybody. Um, I'll probably switch off Fagundes. I had Fagundes from before, so. I, you know, I don't know. I I think that I, I really think Benny's going to screw some people over this week. So uh, I'm going to take my chances and uh, move away from him. Yeah, it's going to be tough. Tough, tough move, guys. So can I clarify something? Is Seba, that's Sebastian Giovinco, right? Not Sebastian Latou? Because if you <laughs> yeah. have Latou, you, you should probably drop Latou. <laughs> Uh, that's that's that's, <laughs> that's my advice. Uh, otherwise, I don't know. I have question. My midfield is question when Javinko, uh, what's his name, Failhaber, and right now Salinas, who's going to get dropped because he sucks because he's not even playing all the time, and Salinas is going to get dropped for Brad Davis. So um, I guess my answer is Piotti, but I don't know. Piotti's really good. Or no, don't. Not Piotti because he's got a double game week. My bad there. My answer is I don't know. Probably don't drop any of them. I'd keep them all. Yeah. yeah Depending on if Fellhopper plays. So. Yeah, out of the guys that you named there, I'd probably lean more towards Wynn. Um, I don't know. It's a tough call, though. All of those guys are solid. But I'd say out of everybody, then Wynn may have the toughest matchup. Um, it's kind of sounds funny saying Philadelphia is the toughest matchup, but out of the uh, matches that Montreal has with Piotti, Kleshin going up against Orlando City, and then uh, not Latou, you got me, Simon. Uh, <laughs> <Diavinko>, <laughs> um going up against the Fire. I just I think Philadelphia could give New England a game, but that could uh, could bring out the best and win. So I don't know. It's a tough call for me. I'd don't know if I would take a hit to bring Benny in this week if you've got all those guys already locked in. But for me, if it's anybody that's gonna be Lee Wynn. So who would you got who are you guys going with for your midfield this week? Mm, uh 
Davis, Piatti, Javinko, and then it's going to be a toss-up between uh, Wynn and Kleschen, I think. But I'll have four. Yeah, I think I said mine already, but I'll go for it again. Win, Kleschen, uh, Davis, Failhaber, Gio, Vinko. Yeah. Five-man midfield. Five-man, yeah. Yeah, I've got Giovinco, uh, Failhaber, Piatti, and I'm still on the fence about uh, taking a hit to bring in Davis for Ethan Finley. So I haven't made my moves yet, but that's – that's yeah. the uh, question mark for me in the midfield. Skyler, you could convince me. Like, um, am I? I'm on the fence about taking out Win now for Piotti, but that'd be a minus four. So I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> and then our final position, of course, is forwards. So, uh, who are you guys looking at from forwards? And should we expect uh, Drogba to get rested anytime during this DGW? If yeah. you're considering him. I think he'll probably get rested at some point. Um, we don't know when, but I think he's good for maybe 120 minutes. Um, you know, I think he's probably definitely good for a 90-minute shift. Hopefully it's on the front end against the fire where, he, like you said, he had a hat trick. So if, he, if he's in the starting lineup for the first game, then I think he's definitely a must-play for me. And then we're going to hope that on the second game he gets at least a 30-minute stint at the end. And if we're lucky, then we'll get, you know, another start in 70, 80, 90 minutes out of him. But, uh, yeah, for me, I think Drogba is probably the best forward play this weekend. Um, other than that, I've got David Akam already in my lineup, so I'm going to roll with him, hope that uh, the new coach does something for him. And – Still trying to decide right now. We talked about Amarqua earlier. He's so budget friendly that he's eating up my third rot, my third forward spot right now. So <laughs> um, still, tink- I'm going to be tinkering with some things tonight too, and kind of see how lineups play out tomorrow, and then make my final decision. But yeah, right now it's those three. Yeah, I mean I'll have Drogba, and well, it's tough after that, isn't it? Uh, you it know, is. it really is. I'll get, <clears throat> I may get uh, Igbo Anike just because he went off for some good points in Montreal. Maybe lightning strikes twice, and uh, he's he's much cheaper than Akam, I think. Um, I don't know. Maybe I'll just say screw it and pick up uh, Lucas Milano and just ride it out. The homer <laughs> pick. <laughs> At this point, you know, it's like, what do you do? Uh, I, I may go to a three-five-two now that I'm looking at my options, so I may not have to get rid of lean win at all. Yeah, I got Drogba. I've been on the Drogba train since the first game he started. So <laughs> you have, yes, yes. I love I love Drogba. He's my. I don't know if I've ever said it on this podcast, but Drogba is my favorite player ever. So oh no, yeah, yeah. He's my favorite player ever. So it's a little bit painful to see him not play for the Sounders, but it's okay. We'll get there. Uh I'm going to have what's yeah Drogba and uh, I've got Wando right now, but I kind of want to take him out for someone. I don't know who that's going to be, but I don't know. He might just he might just stay. So who knows? <laughs> that's not 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 a bad one to stay with. He's yeah, well. home game. He'll probably score a goal. So so we'll finish this up. Just any general thoughts you guys have on must-have players, if any, 
and uh, potential captain picks right now. Captain Drogba. That's it. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, for me it's between Drogba and Giovinco as far as captain. Must-haves, those two are my must-haves for the week. Um, Piotti is close for me. He's the type of player that could go off for a big week, and if you don't have him, um, you're probably not going to be jumping up the leaderboard. But uh, I don't know. I mean, it's it's going to be interesting this week, guys, because there's a lot of playoff implications. So these games could go either way. They could be really tight and low scoring, or there could be some goal fests and Sue, which, of course, is uh, fantasy players we're all hoping for. But it should be fun. I'm, uh, yeah, Giovinco and, and Drogba for me. Yeah, I'm going to go between Juvinko and probably Brad Davis. I like the double home games. Um, I like I like Drogba. I just – he's old, man. He looks old. <laughs> like, you look at a guy and, like, you're like, no way he's that old. But you look at him and, like, yeah, he's that old. Uh, so there's no way he's going to play 180 minutes this week. So I'm, I'm going to – I think I might stick with uh, my Davis pick. I don't know. Javinko, though, he could just get a hat trick himself just by blinking. So he's probably, he's probably the best option against that crap Chicago defense with a new keeper and a new defender. Yeah. So Geo Davis and Drogba, three solid captain options, I have to say. Yeah. Very nice. And so since we have Skyler with us, I, I felt that it would be very poor form to not have this next section right now. But let's just go over any daily fantasy picks that we have. Uh, I guess you can lead us off, Skyler, because I myself don't have any. <laughs> so do you want uh you want to start out with a Wednesday slate here? Yeah. Okay, so Drogba obviously is the uh he's the go-to guy for me. Um one interesting uh potential value play is Venegas of Montreal has been uh he scored his first goal I think over the weekend. I think he's only 3700 on DraftKings which just to uh give you a comparison i think drogba's around like 9800 or something like that oh wow and uh venegas is able to contribute you know in pretty much every statistical category DraftKings awards points for crosses shots fouls drawn and he's been starting the past couple of games so if there's uh you know one player that's going to free up that salary cap space for you to fit the guys like drogba and piotti and akam um then venegas is one to look for in the starting lineups tomorrow night so um, those are kind of my all. I think I just rattled off maybe three or four names there, but those are probably my top guys that I'm targeting tomorrow night. Um, Akam is Akam's game is really suited well with the uh, DraftKings scoring format. He's again like Venegas. He's all over the place, crossing the ball, drawing fouls, rattling off shots. So, um, and he's pretty reasonably priced too. I think he's around 7,500. So. Um, yeah, those are my guys for tomorrow, for Wednesday night. Um, you guys have anybody that you think could be a sleeper? Or, well, I, I write um, I write articles for Mondo Goals. So the guy that I say for a sleeper, um, Michael Stevens. I don't know what he would cost in DraftKings pricing, but he's probably pretty cheap there as well. Uh, he's a Chicago midfielder that's just started starting. I think he's got like seven games under his belt. Pretty active. Like, he doesn't really get goals, but uh, he gets decent scores for his just level of activity. And then I think Don Dwyer has had, like, eight shots on goal over the last four weeks. So even though he's not scoring a ton, uh, Dwyer's going to get you some points for all the shots he's taken. 
Yeah, no, it's a good call. And uh, on that game, Brad Davis too, I guess. Any of the uh, any of the crossing midfielders are good. You know, they're always good for some crossing points in general. So even if they don't score or get an assist, which you know in the in the uh, FMLS game, if you don't get a goal or an assist, you're pretty much left with a couple of points and maybe a bonus point here and there. But that's one of the cool things I think about DraftKings is there's a lot more scoring ways to score fantasy points. So guys like Brad Davis, Christian Maidana, for instance. Those are the type of guys you want to focus on uh, on DraftKings. Yeah, I have no picks because I can't play DraftKings because of our <laughs> legislature. Ooh, sorry, Simon. I'm just going to keep complaining. I'm sorry. It's going to get old. but You can still play in the free ones. <laughs> the, fr- the free DraftKings? You can do that? There's free yeah, DraftKings? Uh, yeah, I think that's part of the stipulation that they have to, like, they have to offer free options. So there's every weekend there's um, there's free tournaments in DraftKings for uh, MLS or any league. Uh, same with Mondo Gold. There's Man, I don't want to play for. I don't want to play for free. I want to win money. <laughs> I, yeah, I know. Win money. <laughs> there's uh, that's one of the other really cool things is we're gonna start seeing more of too is that MLS is starting to offer um, VIP experiences on DraftKings. So for instance, this past weekend. There was an Orlando City VIP experience, which my eight-year-old son was really wishing I would have hit, but I think I ended up 16th out of uh, three or 400, but it was a $3 entry. The winner got, uh, I think, like a $1,000 credit for flying to Orlando, hotel room, uh, pregame locker room visit. Think like field side seats and then a post game autograph session. And that was the Orlando Montreal game. So it was going to be like Kaka, Drogba, all the big dogs. So, and uh, the guy that won it actually had Ned Grabavoy in his lineup. So, uh, didn't stand a chance. He actually had a really good lineup. I don't know how he came up with some of those picks, but congratulations to him. Hope he has a good time. But there's, I think there's an FC Dallas VIP experience up right now. So, really cool. Uh, Really cool prizes. There's going to be a lot more to come on that end. And uh, sorry, Simon, that you won't be able to win any of those. Hopefully, it wasn't. <laughs> hopefully, it wasn't the dude named Old T. <laughs> Every he time, is, I, yeah, he's a he's a shark man. He's always up there at the top of the table. So. Every time I find a head to head, I always search him out because I'm like, this is the day that I beat Old T, and he beats me like forty or fifty <laughs> points every damn time, and I. I think I'm bankrolling his kid's college at this point. <laughs> yeah, any, anybody that questions, uh, you know, the, the skill game factor of it, like there's a ton of guys that do this day in and day out. And they're professionals at it. Um, old T is a guy I've been playing daily fantasy for several years, maybe two or three years now, and playing NBA, NFL. Like I see that guy at the top of the tables consistently, and now he's obviously he's – got some sort of soccer knowledge, MLS knowledge, or he's got a uh, really good computer system set up that <laughs> that generates him some lineups. So I hope that's not the case. But, uh, yeah, old, no, old T is always up there in the mix. You gotta get, you're got you in Alabama. Well, you got to get some NASCAR with me, man. I know, man. That's one of the uh, – some of the guys that I do a, a podcast with over at uh, rotowire.com, they were asking me the same thing. Just, you know, they, I think they have some – nascar content and ask me about my nascar knowledge just not there i haven't gotten into it yet man what is a, na- a nascar a nascar 
Yeah, they've got NASCAR on DraftKings and uh, and MMA, mixed martial arts. These are crazy sports, man. I don't, I don't know. NASCAR is the best. You know what? <laughs> if you put a NASCAR in Seattle right now, you could have the best competition ever because the Chinese president is visiting and traffic is... Um, yeah, I'd pay to watch somebody race through that. It'd be pretty funny. <laughs> I can't say I haven't pumped a uh, $3 entry or two into some of those NASCAR contests because they have got massive prize pools. I think it was like $100,000 to the winner in one of those things. It's crazy. Yeah. We're, we're digressing. What about these Saturday games, guys? <laughs> Enough NASCAR. I haven't studied the Saturday games yet. Yeah, so the Saturday slate's not up on DraftKings yet. Um, but let's see. Is Giovinco playing Saturday? Yes. He's playing in the early game, so he probably won't be on the uh, – usually on, when there's an early game, then they'll scratch that one and just focus on the later games, allow more people to enter the contest. So let's see. It looks like Montreal's at home. Drogba, if he's starting, uh, Kai Kamara at home is always a good play. Um, Lee Wynn against the Union. I know I said I might drop him for my M FMLS team. Um, and then from Vancouver, if you're looking for a value play – Someone talked about them earlier. Christian Tachera has been really hot for them lately. Um, so look at him. And uh, on that late game, LA Galaxy, like I said earlier, I kind of think that they might have a big bounce back game. So Keen and uh, Dos Santos are always some top picks, but uh, Sebastian Letjet's always one mm -hmm. two to, to consider as far as a value play. There we go. There's some some great tips from some of the daily fantasy experts that we have here at uh, joining us tonight on the MLS Fantasy Insider Podcast. Thanks a lot, guys, for that insight. Yeah, man. Yeah. So we're going to wrap this up quick with uh, one of my favorite segments, the community time. And we're going to cover the r slash fantasy MLS top score. Uh, this point this week, the top points went to Abar Ayala. I'm sorry, I totally butchered your name. Uh, but he is the manager of Woodbury is Kaka, and he scored 136 points, which was just three points shy of a round one or a rank one for the round. So congrats, man. That is an awesome score. Boom. Uh, fantastic. Uh, for in the MLS FI head-to-head -head league, uh, Travis and Simon are back on top once again. Hey. Big, big game, Travis, for you. I think I said Travis. I meant Simon. Big game yeah. for you, Simon. Yeah, I was wondering. I was like, wait, Travis is here? <laughs> yeah. Travis is back on top. But Simon, you, you came in there. Um, yeah. Did uh, I think you beat me, Yeah, I Simon? beat you by 20 points. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what? Big one. Big one. Travis won also by that much. And uh, since Skyler is here, I have to I have to mention this, that uh, he and I are in the starting lineup head-to-head -head league, and he, he did beat me. But it was close, dang it. It was so close. Edge you out. Just 12 points, out. I think, is it. It was yeah, good. It was, it was good. So that was a good are... battle. And Travis is actually shot to the top of that head-to-head -head league. So Props, All I want to do is him. beat Weeby. I just want to beat Weeby. Are you uh, ahead of him right now? Uh, I think he is one. I think he's seventh, and I'm eighth. Okay, yeah, still plenty right of there. plenty of season to catch him. Trying to get there, and then uh, your work league is going well, guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm crushing it. Guy, just waiting for that end of season uh, face off. 
you know, and that's what's going to screw me. You're going to lose that at the end. <laughs> I'm going to, I, I qualify for the playoffs so early, and then somebody's going to have that perfect team on the last day, and I'm going to get half money. So that's, I'm okay with that. I, I made it there. There you go. That's the way to look at it. Uh, so to wrap everything up, we did have BitNomad who had this as a question in in the, the Reddit forum, but it's really more of a, a PSA for everyone is don't forget to go on to r slash fantasy MLS and vote for your favorite MLS fantasy blog of the year. Uh, the closing is coming up very soon, and we're going to make a little, a little graphic for the winner to have on their website. Currently, Fantasy Football First is killing it. So anybody else who likes some websites, we'd appreciate you go on there and vote for who you like the best. Be sure to follow all of us on Twitter. You know all of our names, but you can also follow follow Skyler at uh, at DraftKicks on Twitter. And uh, go ahead and try out DraftKings if you have not already. I'm sure Skyler could plug it better than I can, but yay, give it a shot. Yeah, guys, any questions, throw them my way. Like Reed said, at DraftKicks, be glad to... Uh assist with any lineup building you've got. So definitely uh, reach out to me if you got any questions there. Simon, you or Guy have any plugs before oh, we head out? Yeah, I just have like an apology. So I was talking to Rolling Carry on Twitter who listens to the show, of course, and asks lots of questions and was like, yo, meet me at the Vancouver game. And at halftime, I could not find Rolling Carry. So <laughs> yeah, I apologize for that, but... My phone doesn't get service up in Vancouver, and I couldn't find him. And yeah, it was kind of a that was sad. So, and then there's like somebody else who listens to the podcast. I think who like on Twitter we talked, and I think they listened to the podcast. And we were like five, ten feet away in the ECS section, and didn't talk to each other the entire time. So I guess I'm just a total disaster on that front. I apologize. That's how Seattle fans do it, man. <laughs> Knew that was coming. The Seattle freeze. Nope. And uh, I just want to say my MLS article is up on Fantasy Football 24-7. And my daily Mondegol articles are on FPL Bet. So that's where I'm at. It's a lot of work. <laughs> I'm tired. <laughs> Great. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening to the show tonight. Hope you heard some things that were interesting and uh, that you're going to kick butt with your MLS team this week. So good luck.